Former U.S. Army paratrooper, historian, and conspiracy analyst, Tony Arterburn, joined by top researchers and guests, exploring the depths of our hidden history. Expose the crimes and cover-ups that plague our civilization and planet and patrol the borders of our reality. 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 From the parapolitical to the paranormal in the psychological war for your body, soul, and mind. Be a paratruther. My name is Tony Arterburn, and this is Paratruther. Such a fun show. Doing exactly what I designed it to do. We're going to go into, I, I believe, what could be um, revelation of the, of the method writ large, the final destination for the New World Order, so to speak. And uh, just one of those avenues that you don't hear a lot. Uh, even in alternative media and really broken down. And that is the Denver airport. But uh, to do this show, I brought on the a team uh, top researchers of uh, co-hosts really of the show. I mean, official and unofficial co-hosts. We'll start with uh, Chris Graves, who is researcher without peer. He's a uh, researcher for directly for Donald Jeffries on hidden history three and many other projects, including the art radio transmission and America unplugged. Uh, Chris, welcome back to Paratruther, sir. Thank you, sir. It's always an honor to uh, to be with you. Well, I appreciate your research, and uh, you made this show uh, very easy for me. I can. Well, I was just saying that uh, it's an honor. Uh, all right, take two. Cut. All right, here. <laughs> it's always an honor to be here with you, uh, a person of your uh, knowledge and uh, the warrior spirit for the truth. Thank you. You're a good man, Chris. Thanks for being here. Always makes it a great show. And of course, uh, I brought the other addition to Paratruther. He's been on before. And if you go back to episode 353, I believe, of the Art of Burn Radio transmission, and everybody here, uh, before we introduce our other co-host, everybody here has been to Bill Cooper's grave and paid tribute. The agent, Agent Smith, looking for Mr. Anderson. And uh, that, that leads us to introducing Mr. Anderson himself. How are you, sir? Welcome back to Paratrooper. Doing well, Tony. I'm happy to be on with you and Chris again. I think we've got a fun topic for today. I think so too, man. And this is and this was your idea. Uh, Chris and I were we've laid out like like a hundred topics for Paratrooper. Literally, this is like for the record for the archives. And let's see, we've done silent weapons for quiet wars. We've done black helicopters over America. George Guidestones. George Guidestones, the yeah, the the controlled demolition of the Devil's Monument. Mr. Anderson was with us on that. So we're covering some some ground here and going over conspiracy 101. Um, but we want to talk about the Denver airport. And I read a book on this, I think back in 2018, 2019. I bought one of those uh unlimited Kindle things and it, it was halfway about the um, Georgia Guidestones, and the other half was the Denver Airport. It's one of those cool little books you can find in the corners of Amazon. So I had Chris compile some notes for me. He sent me lots of links, and we're going to dive into what makes the Denver Airport 
you know, so interesting to conspiracy theorists. And I'm telling you, it's it's huge. As a matter of fact, um, Mr. Anderson and I were talking before the show, and and uh, this is the way my mind works because a lot of people tune into my radio show, and yeah, I have a pretty straight laced program, and then you'll all of a sudden I'll just veer off. You know, I'll go down uh, the the dark alleyways of you know lizard people or interdimensional demons and stuff. I'll do that because I believe that reality is not exactly what we think it is. And I'm also a Christian. So that's easy for me to do. I can imagine that there's good and evil and there's spirits and, and that's, there's metaphysical things and all of that. So I was uh, always wondering like the staying power of uh Whoopi Goldberg myself, <laughs> just, just the true, <laughs> the, the true mysteries of the universe. What were you saying, Mr. Anderson? No, it's funny that you mentioned the, uh you know, interdimension pedophiles and things like that, because I actually was reminded of the Denver International Airport when I was watching an episode of a conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura. And so at the end of it, he actually interviewed David Icke and was a complete prick to him. He just opened up like, I'm going to cut down to brass tacks. We're the reptilians. (laughs) Yeah, he got new like fisticuffs almost over like how much he charged per seminar or whatever or a talk or whatever. It, it had nothing really to do with what David Icke was, you know, all about. <laughs> yeah, I, and t- Tony and I were laughing about it later when I told him because I said, "I wonder how he approaches like confession, you know." Bishop, pedophiles. We're the demons. <laughs> it really it's great. Yeah, I, it, and that's the thing is that if you if you believe in the Bible and you believe that that's real then you should be a lot more open to conspiracy. I mean, yeah. literally conspiracy will lead you back to where you were. If you just started just reading the Bible and that's, you hear that from people like Sam Tripoli of tinfoil hat. Uh, you know, we, by the way, wise wolf was a proud sponsor of tinfoil hat. So, uh, uh, anyway, I'm a fan, but he talks about conspirituality. Like the further you dig into conspiracy, the more spiritual that you get, because you realize that, you're uncovering truths that lead you back to, to God. I mean, to, to the creator, you know, helping you, uh, I guess, adjust your eyes to the truth finally, and uh, understand that there is good and evil and there's things like demons. And I believe in that. I truly, truly do. And, um, the, the conversation we're about to have, ladies and gentlemen, when we talk about the Denver airport, there's, there's a lot of strangeness to it. Some of it can be just written off as, coincidence or you know uh good intentions that yeah maybe two percent at best <laughs> right and there's but there's a ton of of interesting stuff to talk about so um i just pulled up one of your the links that you sent me uh chris and it's from livability.com i don't know the website but it has five conspiracy theories about the denver airport that are so crazy they must be true and I wanted to start here, not that I'm going to read a bunch of the article, but this is kind of gives a listicle that we can go yeah. down. And uh, let me see if I can find what we're looking at the first one. Lucifer. Yes. <laughs> the conspiracy. The blue Mustang is evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you make your approach to DIA along Pena Boulevard, the main road to the airport, a 32-foot Bright blue fiberglass Mustang greets you or terrifies you or both. The 9,000-pound sculpture with bright glowing red eyes has earned the nickname Blucifer and Satan's steed over the years. 
<laughs> still, the rearing Mustang is beloved by many. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it there. I don't know who the many are. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, you're looking at the image of this thing. Yeah. And it, it looks otherworldly and it looks like it's, it has its own kind of manifestation of energy. Like if you wanted to, I mean, cause art can do that sometimes it can make you focus on something or give you a feeling and you look at Lucifer and it doesn't scream like peace or, <laughs> or, or stability. It looks like chaos and like, uh, you know, maybe some dark energy of some kind of, some kind of, uh, of unsettling feeling comes over you. I when you know, Tony, it. those red eyes are really inviting. <laughs> just, it was just, actually Henry Kissinger's uh, childhood uh, play toy or whatever. That's it. <laughs> wanted to preserve it, you know? That's, his original name was Rosebud or something like that, right? <laughs> For Henry Kissinger. Yeah, Rosebud. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, tell tell us about uh, Blucifer. What happened to the person who made Mr. Anderson, you have any thoughts on uh, Blucifer? Well, yeah. So when the, the guy who was the architect or the artist... He was working on it, trying to finish it, and a piece of Lucifer broke off and um, pierced an artery in his leg, and he died. <laughs> yeah, it severed. It severed his right artery. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I learned. And I, I, learned I wish that. they would have made him thirty-three <laughs> feet to, to give us something else. <laughs> it, yeah, it was thirty. Yeah, 30 maybe foot, thirty-two foot tall. Yeah, fiber made of fiberglass. And Kissinger, uh, you know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, infant's blood and, and whatnot. No, I can't back that one up. But, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the, the discoveries I've had. Because I, I didn't even know about Lucifer. I just knew about the murals and the uh, potential for what's underneath the airport itself. Okay, brother. We'll get we'll get into your wheelhouse. No problem. I just, I knew that story from a long time ago. I actually learned that by watching Owen Benjamin do wow. a... Uh, a piano i guess he was doing a, a concert or something with his comedy this is years ago and i was i was watching a stream of him doing that and he was explaining blucifer in the, in the denver airport to people and they're like oh you don't think that that big blue horse with the red eyes is like satanic or oh they're just a conspiracy theory it's like what if i told you that the uh the artist who made him was killed by him like like they fell it fell on him <laughs> severed his artery yeah so there's and, a, I mean, yeah, or I can't, I'm not, I'm not even good at English, but uh, it's J I M E N E Z. Jimenez, he died in 2006 at the age of 65. Yeah, he was the artist. What were you saying, Mr. Three main sections. Oh, sorry. No, you, you go ahead, Chris. You got it. Oh, no, it just says there's three main sections that make up the massive sculpture, the head, the torso, and the hind quarter. And shortly before his passing, the artist had declared the head section done. The artist's studio later completed Mustang and installed it more than 15 years after it was commissioned. Wow, it took 15 years. There had been a number of delays with the sculpture. Yeah, like, you know, killing the, uh, the guy who <laughs> designed it, which led to lawsuits. It made its debut on February 11th, 2008. That's probably why I missed it, because I was at the airport in June of 2007 when I actually saw those very, very creepy murals right up right in front of my face. Yeah, we'll go over the murals. Oh, 
Oh, well, he actually, I got one other thing right here. I got it says, "What's with those eyes?" Horst wasn't the only one with a question about Mustang. Michael Gunner uh, Gunstevson of Lakewood wondered who changes the light bulbs in the eyes of the big blue horse. No, they aren't portals to perdition or even laser emitters. Turns out the eyes are LED floodlights. In the last seven years, the airport's electrical team has only changed them twice. Johnny Hugh and her colleagues explained. Those red eyes, though, that people point out to as evidence of Mustang's demonic nature are actually a tribute to the artist's father. Jimenez was born in El Paso, Texas in 1940. As a young child, he apprenticed at his father's neon sign shop. There he learned to weld and paint. His widow, Suzanne, said he often told stories about working alongside his dad, how he would come home, his hands marred by the work. His father would say, this is how he learns, Susan says. So he grew up with this strong tradition of working with his hands. And that doesn't explain the red eyes whatsoever. And it just ends. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Very weird. Rest in peace, uh, I guess. Uh, you know, I don't mean to laugh, but it's a nervous laugh. I got you. You demonic to me. <laughs> No, I read something similar, Chris, and I just remember thinking when they brought up neon lights, it's like, I have a neon light and it's not red. Yeah, it doesn't look demonic. It's more <laughs> so I don't fall down at night, you know? <laughs> well, I, I'm well, trying Tony, to think well, of any well, character that has red eyes that's been yeah. you know, good. It's been even Ben Stein used to do those red eye commercials, remember? For clear, for dry red eyes. Clear eyes is awesome. Wow. <laughs> he wrote for Nixon, I think. He was a speaker. Yeah, he did. He sure did. <laughs> and then he was on I Charles in Charge. So in the end, you know. What'd you have, Mr. Anderson? Oh, I said I didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh, the, the Ben Stein wrote for Nixon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, <laughs> yeah, him and him and William Sapphire and Patrick Patrick J. Buchanan. Yeah. In speech writers yeah. now he's really into intelligent design he made a documentary about it too i believe yeah also did did not like the vaccine after he got it made him really sick i did um, not hear that about ben stein i actually thought he was kind of out of the limelight now i know he was a fox news contributor for a while but i hadn't seen him for a minute let's talk about the gargoyles and uh, maybe get back to ben stein later i, I always forget about him <laughs> Uh, for some reason, uh, the, the the conspiracy, the gargoyles are evil too. Actually, the airport's bronze gargoyles are getting some rest right now as they've been stashed away during construction. But yes, DIA does have two resident gargoyles who are perched on open suitcases and usually live above baggage claim areas. The public artwork is known as Notre Denver. Uh, would you find anything out about the gargoyles, Chris? Yeah, I actually did. Um, <coughs> uh, Fox News of all. Uh, Denver Airport Travelers Prank Gargoyle Statue. There we go here. They, the airport shared footage of the chatty gargoyle to Utah, where it has gone viral with 3,000 views. Travelers passing through Denver International Airport. And then we got an ad that pops up. <laughs> Best be aware of the Air Hub's newest official. 
is full of sass, sarcasm, and spooky conspiracy theories. On Thursday, reps for the Denver International Airport revealed the chatty creature perched in the main terminal in the honor of the airport's 24th year in operation. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution shared video on YouTube, where it has since gone viral. And this was from 2018, so it's 24 2019, so I went to public school, so I had to carry the one, so that's 27 <laughs> years ago, the Denver International Airport. So it actually it actually uh, gives out the conspiracy theories to the uh, the travelers. Yeah. What was that, Tony? Uh, you know, well, you were just breaking up a little bit through through that uh, <laughs> that last little bit of reading. Oh, yeah. No, um, basically, they were trying to make light. Oh, damn. Yeah, they were trying to make light of all the conspiracy theories by literally having. An animated gargoyle greet everybody right before you know, as if they're not nervous enough to uh, for their flight, you know. Um, right. And well, the, the article that I'm reading here from Livability says uh, historically gargoyles are put in buildings to protect the sites. Williams explains uh, they're talking to an an art expert. So at DIA, they function as an adapted guardian role, helping with safe arrival of baggage <laughs> when, they, when they are cleaned. <laughs> Staff will often find tokens, coins, and other offerings that have been made to the gargoyles. Some, still, some conspiracy theorists have drummed up the idea that the gargoyles are evil. I mean, <laughs> that's funny. It's like, no, they're really good. That's why all you know, angelic creatures look like demons, right? Um, <laughs> they drummed up the idea that they're evil. That the, and then they're, they're representing as a fear of the new world order for conspiracy theorists, newbies. That's the idea that there's an emerging, there's an emerging totalitarian world government. No biggie, says the article. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't see gargoyles, and you know, you see these same gargoyles type figures uh, over the Riverwalk in San Antonio. There's one particular building that was built, I think, in the 20s by a uh, a widow, and she had inherited a bunch of money, and and uh, she had this all the gargoyles put all over it to, again, that's the thing like to protect the building. I'm not sh too sure. I understand that logic, but okay. Um, they tried to uh, go with that with ghostbusters too. Only they made them the dogs instead. Right. That's right. And they're not, they're not quite uh, benign. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, well, did, weren't they like outside or according to the Disney cartoon, at least Notre Dame cathedral. They didn't stop that thing from being burnt down. That's right. I don't Thanks. see a lot of. I don't see what's the gargoyle success rate. We'll have to. <laughs> we'll have to. <laughs> what's, what's the uh, what's the over under in Vegas on whether or so not they if help. your baggage doesn't arrive when you arrive, you know, land at the airport? Do you get to take money out of the briefcase that the gargoyles send? Well, think, yeah. If Muhammad Ada's uh, luggage is left behind, then you know the gargoyles have done their part. <laughs> Oh, that's Logan Airport in Boston. I'm sorry. Well, uh, I will say that the Gargoyles passport was found in the rubble after the. Uh, that's right. Yeah, and that hellfire. That's right. Oh, the passport not only survives jet fuel, but the fires of hell itself. Fires I'm, of hell. 
I'll have to remember that. We can't track the $2.3 trillion, Chris. We'll, well there's back. that too. Uh, here's another one. That, and, you know, the gargoyles are interesting, but that, that to me, you can find that kind of symbolism all over the U.S. and all over the world. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an ancient what, thing. In an airport, though, Tony? <laughs> well, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's a hodgepodge. <laughs> well, well, you're right. I mean, sorry. Why, but, they just, you know, oh. well, that's a good question. But uh, here's the other one that I wanted to get to, which I think is uh, it deserves a it, it deserves a question into what is actually going on at the Denver airport. And that's the air. The airport is an underground hideout for the world's elite. This yes. is perhaps the most common conspiracy theory of DIA surrounded the underground tunnels. There's a lot to unpack here, but some of the rumors floating around have included that the tunnels are a hideout for the global elite in the event of an apocalypse. Well, I guess we, <laughs> I wonder if they've gotten their orders yet uh, and gotten themselves booked uh, or alternatively, the new world order command bunkers are situated below the airport. Other theories have suggested that alien headquarters, now uh, that the tunnels connect to North American aerospace defense, uh, the command in Colorado Springs, about a hundred miles South. Um, but this is kind of where you start. To me, this is the most, because right. of the underground, I'm going to throw it to you, Mr. Anderson, too, because I know you've done some research on this. To me, uh, that's the most plausible portion of what makes this not just the murals or the weird symbolism, which I think a lot of times is smoke and mirrors, uh, revelation of the method, if you will. But they actually do have massive underground tunnels, like in, in a complex under here. I mean, isn't it like 430,000 square feet or something? Yeah. It's it's ridiculously large, and I, I agree with you. I think this might be the most um, reasonable conspiracy theory, if you will. The whole idea of this continuity of government or cog complex that it connects to, because it's about 100 miles away or 120 from the Cheyenne Mountain complex. Right? And then it's also like 100 miles away from NORAD. Um, so that that seems reasonable to me. And they were apparently doing a lot of this. Um, I watched a little bit um, about some of the people who are taking abandoned nuclear missile silos and converting them into condominiums <laughs> for rich people. And there was one in particular, I forget which state it was exactly, but you know, it's like 14 stories deep you know, in the ground. Right. And they converted this whole thing and sold it out immediately to these super wealthy people. And so during an interview with the guy who was the architect who had done some stuff, I believe, for the government, his name was like Brian Camden. Um, they asked him point blank, is this happening a lot? Is the government doing this a lot? And they said, he said, absolutely. I've seen like a huge uptick in it. And they were like, do you know which one's the largest one that you know of? And where is it? And he's like, I can't tell you that. But imagine building an airport, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> and that's all he said. Because this entire project went something like $1.3 billion over what it was supposed to do is way behind schedule. And so that necessarily, you know, kind of reeled in some conspiracy theories about they're building something underneath at the same time that they're constructing this airport. And one estimate yeah. was it moved about a third of the earth that was required to make the Panama Canal when they constructed this airport. So it's absolutely huge. But it's, but it's funny to me, too, like the. If there is an apocalyptic event, I mean, the leader going to wake up and go, oh, shit, we forgot about the mole people in New York. I think they survived, too. <laughs> the chuds. <laughs> well, so because they got their they got their uh, what are they called track bunnies is what they call rats and stuff. I wrote a 
read a book, didn't write a book. I read a book about it um, in college and I just found it really fascinating. It's like an entirely different world down there. I kind of look at this as what we were talking about off air, Mr. Anderson, was the uh, the continuity of government type um, where the, the logic here is that these are this is perhaps one of the newer spaces for the elite to flee to in case of an apocalyptic Armageddon type event. Yes. And you, know, you look at uh, it's recently declassified areas that were built to like house Congress, uh, the yep. Joint Chiefs of Staff in the in the event of a nuclear attack uh, during the height of the Cold War. And a lot of those facilities were outdated. Some of them are still in like behind walls and hotels and things like under schools. Mean, yep. Yeah, under schools. And I mean, Columbine all high school is one of them. Yep. Really, Columbine. Yes, that's how. That's what a lot of us researchers actually think that other uh, shooters and our gunmen uh, actually got away. They were able to because there's tunnels underneath in the field. Well, there you go with your research and facts again. You know, all your well, facts. you know, I mean, you, know, you just interrupt. You're interrupting my podcast with facts and <laughs> figures. And uh... well, you know, I wanted to just. I wanted to mention that. Let's keep in mind that the continuity of government uh, was greenlit on the morning of September 11th by Rumsfeld. And you're correct in that they did have other uh, non-elected officials that were being moved to underground facilities during the the quote-unquote attacks. So we still don't know really the extent or who these officials were. But apparently there was like grids and everything that they weren't by state by state. It was actually certain grids, certain areas, uh, like Sector 1, Sector 2, Sector 3. And I remember uh, coming across that material a long time ago, but it's been a while. But you're, Yeah, I think uh, Denver Airport is a part of that. And, you know, the idea that nearly $2 billion they went over budget and uh, 16 months behind schedule. Um, and they didn't have any real answers for it. I mean says it all really and did, and did you read about the construction crews i mean how they kept getting fired yes and they're they only allowed to work on certain segments of the airport so they didn't have a holistic view of what was going on it's compartmentalized and, yes yep right and their contracts were terminated you know pretty quickly yeah and i think they had gag orders too kind of like with the sandy hook cleanup crew uh the demolition crews actually had to sign uh non-disclosure agreements I mean, who who knows why, but but yeah, it's just very odd, yeah, that the cruise. But yeah, it opened in 1995, and uh, it's basically it's um, 35,000 acres, and it's actually has swastika-shaped runways. They have unmarked buildings and extra hangars, and very mysterious stuff. And a lot of the theories range from. It, that it sits atop a vast underground network for the New World Order command bunkers or post-apocalyptic fallout shelters for the global elite, like you guys were just saying. And it is a FEMA concentration camp masquerading as a transit hub. It is a satanic cathedral. Or it's a alien uh, men in black style uh, transportation hub. I'm going to go with that one. Did you see the capstone, Chris, and read into that about how it relates to the New World Order, what they called the New World Airport Commission? 
I came across it, but I didn't go dig too deep. But I, I do know, just like the Georgia Guidestones, we were told, they have a time capsule that will be revealed in 2094. Right. So whatever's within that, you know, who knows? But I maybe thought it they'll was have the same they'll have the same results that we had with the Georgia Guidestones where they'll be like, Oh, made you look. There's nothing here. Well, the one of their explanations for the Masonic imagery, and I mean, anybody knows my shows know that I I belong to a Masonic Lodge. I mean, I I went through the Blue Lodge degrees back in like 2005, and I know a thing or two about Freemasonry, but it made me kind of chuckle when the lady was saying, well, they helped us, like the charitable organizations helped get the airport built. I'm like, it was like a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you know anything about the Masonic, there's not a lot of money in the Masonic Lodge. I mean, it's just it's just not, at least in the Blue Lodge. I've never been a part of anything else. I've never been a part of Scottish Rite or anything like that. I don't know that. But that's where you get the Shriners and things. It's, it's, well, did you know, Tony, that they had mysterious Templar markings like that are all throughout the terminals? I don't doubt it. I mean, that there's, sim there's symbology all over this thing. But what it, it made me chuckle when the lady said that... Um, that they the, the the reason they have so much of the sim like on the on the time capsule and where they show you yeah. like the, the cornerstone, um, you know the Masonic imagery and that's pretty common. Like if you go to any building in America, yeah, in right. the nineteenth late nineteenth century into the twenty early twentieth century, pretty much pretty much every cornerstone has the Masonic lodge. You know the when they uh, dedicate the building or something. Yeah. Um, well, the other thing about the dedication was the date. I read somebody, you know, added all the numbers up. I think it was March 19th, 1994, which adds to 33 and 33 degrees um, Freemasonry. But I, I did a little more math. And if you actually take the modulus of 1994 with 19, you arrive at 18, which is, think about it, guys. Six divided the age by required three. to vote. Okay. Well, it's six divided by three. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that they they, they actually had a uh, a sculpture of a devil uh, popping out of a, a suitcase too, with the uh, next to the um, Masonic Square. <laughs> well, we'll have to get it. Another thing I found uh, before we move on to the uh, um, more of the uh, the hideout part of this, but yeah. um, that yeah, was DIA Tony because we were joking around about that. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> This is, I'm telling you, that's where my mind goes. I always add up the, the numbers of the letters, like do, do the, uh, the numerology yep. and put it to like, see what it, if it comes out to anything, I, I do that with dates. I do that with everything. I've been doing that since, um, since I was in Iraq, like I started when I realized like, wow, we're on the 33rd parallel in Baghdad and that's the same <laughs> parallel as Dallas. And, oh man, it's started Did you weird. ever get into the ley line uh, phenomenon? We need to do a show on that because it is fascinating. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. But let me yeah. tell you something about this particular thing with the Denver. Sure, sure. Sorry. There, there is the coordinates. And I found that, I don't know if you saw this, Chris, but the coordinates that are spoken in the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, yeah. Dreyfus gets the coordinates to where they're all going to meet. And yeah. a lot of people thought it was the, what is it, the, the Devil's Peak? Devil's or Mountain. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Devil's Monument, the, the big one, it's in Wyoming. No, it actually is just outside of the Denver airport. <laughs> of course. So that was a movie in 1979, I believe. 77, yeah. Okay. 
So it's at the end of the 1970s for, and this was the coordinates for just outside of the Denver airport. That's where the meeting place of the extraterrestrials were. So just a wow. fun fact. I mean, I don't know. There's some, and you know, another thing too, there was the movie and the book by Stephen King called the stand. And sure. in the stand, where does everybody go? That where does the, the good people go to Boulder, which the Boulder is right. about an hour away. And the bad people go to Vegas. Right. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. It's yeah. The villain. Yeah, he goes to Vegas and has like his own suite and like yeah, the devil you know, lives in the flag. Night. Yeah, it flag. That's right. That's right. You know you're well, Stephen King. Wow. Chris, Tony and I were discussing it earlier. I was like, DIA, and Tony was like 491. And I said, well, well it sounds like it could be an area code. Let's look it up. And it's an area code in Germany. <laughs> well, which, when I first heard DIA, I'm like, isn't that one of the alphabet agencies too? Yes. Yeah, we don't really hear anything about. <laughs> well, then it's also, I looked it up too. DIA is, uh, it's a Greek, um, I think it's a prefix for like passing through something. Like it's, it goes back to ancient Greek. I'll have wow. to look that up. But there's something to it. Like the, s symbology is everywhere. It's in everything, yeah. right? Even the, the people that carry it out that sometimes don't know. That's why right, I, right. I disagree with a lot of stuff from Freemasonic stuff because I think a lot of the Masonic imagery is actually positive and and you can learn a lot from it. And then they get the the Illuminati stuff mixed in, which that's when it becomes to my in my mind satanic, like anti-human anti uh you know uh, god centered moral you know i think that's where you're trying to be god yourself that kind of stuff like lucifer's the good guy thing that Didn't doesn't they have like a famous battle the uh the mason the freemasons and uh the illuminati or did i just or is that just in a comic book <laughs> no i mean so yeah to not to veer too far off subject but Sorry. Uh, i mean yeah, George Washington was aware that that, that uh, agents of Adam Weishaupt and the Bavarian Illuminati were trying to infiltrate American Freemasonry. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, but, yeah, I, and you've mentioned this before, Tony. You've discussed it. Like, the Blue Lodge is a little bit different than the Scottish Rite. And you made me laugh one time talking about, you know, meetings with the Blue Lodge. And it's like, these guys are running the world. They can't decide whether or not they want pasta or Frito pie at the next meeting. <laughs> I know. That's what I, we always say. Like how, how are, I mean, I haven't been to a meeting in many, many, many years. And uh, I mean, that's the thing I, I, I know so much about symbology because just like Bill Cooper, yes, I, I was part, right. uh, I'm in the periphery of the, of, of Freemasonry and, and I, I'm not up on the lat. I never, I never was anything. I just know and pass the degrees. I understand what it is. I mean, I've been inside the Masonic Lodge and I'm not going to, uh, I, I'm not going to hide from that. I just, I'm not a part of the Illuminati. I'm not a part of the occult. I, know, I don't use symbology in my own life. I don't do Aleister Crowley stuff. I don't do, I, I, I find that stuff abhorrent, but I think if you really want to understand something, then go study it, you know? And, right. Well, I'll tell you that right now, there was a whistleblowing construction worker who alleged that the project was delayed so long because at least five multi-story buildings were completed and then mysteriously buried underneath the airport. He and others testified to the existence of a complex of network of underground tunnels. So, yeah, so there's that. I mean, whether or not he was, uh, you know, full of you-know-what, we don't know. But I have a feeling he was onto something, especially with the continuity of uh, government. That seems right. to be the the more realistic, you know, real world 
explanation for me personally. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Let's talk about the murals. Uh, this is the conspiracy artwork, um, the apocalyptic artwork. And again, I'm just reading a little bit from the article to kind of set the table. But uh, indeed, some of the large scale murals in the airport contain eerie images. Art artist Leo Taguma's In Peace and Harmony with Nature. That's almost like leave room for nature, the balance of the <laughs> in perpetual balance. Doesn't that sound like straight off the Georgia Guidestones, like a, just in first glance? Um, it, it has a fiery backdrop, a child in a casket, and a weeping boy carrying a squirrel. And it says, seriously. But the second half of the mural features people from around the world celebrating together as well as live. And I guess that, I don't know why it says it that way, but it says thriving animals. Anyway, his other mural, Children of the World Dream of Peace, depicts stark contrast too. One section includes a soldier in a mask with a gun and a sword. Another shows people yep. from around the world under a rainbow ribbon and what appears to be a corpse of the soldier. The imagery has further fueled the one world government theories and have, had, have others interpreted the murals as a hint to Russian hegemony or a prediction of 9-11. Well, <sighs> if you look at the picture, the first thing that you're going to see is that the person, I mean, I get where they're talking about the Russian hegemony because it clearly looks like a like a russian it's got an he's holding what is depicted i believe as an ak-47 um, yeah and he, he has a um, sword as well right he has, he has a has sword a gas mask right and what's what's interesting the bottom right of that because i didn't notice it i read an article about it but there's actually a poem and it was written by somebody i'm gonna mispronounce the name uh hama herchenberg and he was a 14 year old and he wrote this poem before he died in a nazi concentration camp and it's at the bottom right of the, the painting you're describing. And why you would have that at an airport is beyond me. <laughs> well, I mean, the first thing I thought of was uh, this is what is at the end of the rainbow. I mean, if you look right. in our, our current society, like everything's the rainbow. And if you don't worship the rainbow, then you're you're going to get thrown into the abyss. And I like everybody wants to know what's at the end of the rainbow. If you look at this mirror, when the rainbow ends, here comes Mr. Gas Mask, you know, AK-47 with a sword killing a dove with people screaming at the side. Maybe that's what's at the end of the rainbow. Just and, and there's a line of refugees just wrapping around, which is odd yes. to me. And then there's a, a child dead on a, you know, a pile of Soros bricks. <laughs> they were handing out, you know, a year and two years ago. Right. Soros <laughs> bricks. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah, according yeah. to airport officials, though, Taguma has stated that while his murals represent man-made destruction of the environment and genocide, the messages are overall about peace. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I get that's that's just an interesting contrast. I mean, if you're walking through an airport and you see this depiction of the gas mask soldier with the cutting the dove with the sword clear, clearly this the symbolism is an overlord military militaristic uh figure but that's a weird thing with the rainbow and that ends in darkness it is and and, and the other thing that i thought was weird is uh, the first painting you were describing well guys do you know that the bird actually the bird in the middle is a uh it's yeah a it's supposed to be like uh, it's a Latin American bird. I forget the name of it, but it so, supposedly symbolizes extinction, right? 
Okay. Yeah, no, I was actually, I just went over that whole thing, uh, and you guys didn't hear any of it, and I didn't know that Mr. Anderson was talking. But, yeah, no, that <laughs> bird, is that bird exactly represents extinction. So I think, Tony, you're on to something there. Let's talk about yeah, the I time capsule. You want to talk about the time capsule, guys? This is, uh, the, are they going to do the same thing with the Georgia Guidestones, and when they go to get the time capsule, there's no, there's not one there? So <laughs> That's to what I yeah, did I cut out? Because I said that earlier, and I didn't hear you guys say anything. Oh, you might have cut out, brother. I would have replied to yeah. that one because. Yeah, yeah, uh, 2094. It's supposed to be uh, uh, unveiled. Yeah, uh, the a mysterious time capsule. The marker for the time capsule in DIA makes mention of the New World Airport Commission, which That's is true. fine, except for the fact that no such commission exists. Right. Uh, kind of like R.C. Christian. Um, <laughs> could it be? Uh, and not a particularly clever code for the new world order. Conspiracy theorists sure think so. The best explanation airport officials have, though, is that the New World Airport Commission was a more generic name given to the local politicians and business people who helped fund the airport's construction. But did they, though, really... I mean, out of, you know, a thousand million dollars plus. Yeah. Did you no. help that? I mean, I mean, uh, no, not at all. No, no, that's just lazy conspiratorial workings too. come up with a better name. You know? Others have pointed out the markers associate with the Freemasons, a charitable organization that is also subject to lots of conspiracy theories about being a secret society. Well, it's kind of a, it's a secret society. Um, so that's, that's kind of the point of it, I think. Uh, right. <laughs> the airport confirms the marker does contain the Masonic crest. The plot thickens. Um, so interesting. I think that we're at the end of that listicle. So that's, that's kind of the major stuff. Well, yeah, it is for sure. And then you have like the whole, just like with the, uh, just like with the, uh, deep underground, uh, bunkers and everything, they have the, that alien factor as well. Um, a lot of people think they do believe that there's some kind of alien activity going on underneath, but we can't really verify that, can we? Well, <laughs> no. There was somebody, I forget her name, but she took a tour while it was still being constructed by somebody who was, I guess, an architect and done some, I believe, I mean, I might be speaking on my ass right now, um, but I believe he did some constructions for the government and there are pictures of it while it's still being constructed, the underground bunkers and everything. And it's worth looking into. I mean, you can Google it and look at some of them. I don't know why they made them black and white. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, I think they had cameras then. But um, the guy who took her for a tour, he ended up dying <laughs> after that. And I, I believe it was suicide, something like that. It was very strange. I wish I, I'd written her I name I thought you were going to say that Lucifer fell on him. And I was like, that's oh, what I thought. Yeah. Case <laughs> closed. Okay. We've got the gargoyle it. or something. <laughs> the guy he was killed by a gar gargoyle. The gargoyles ride Lucifer right over him. He fucked around and he found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that's funny. Um, but yeah, they, they've kind of embraced it for lack of a better word, but they're like making money off of it. I mean, they're selling things in their gift yeah. shop related to the gargoyle and aliens and everything. It's like, they're just, you know, it's like a Roswell I mean, or the, that's all it is. Just gift shops. So. It's like, you don't admit that this is kind of strange, this artwork that you paid for. And there apparently was a law and I assume it still is a law 
that any major public um, construction projects in Denver, 1% of whatever was spent had to go to funding local artwork. I don't know why that was, but it is Colorado, I guess. Mm. But <laughs> just picking the artwork they did and the subject material that they did, is just very strange. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are children going through there. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the runways. Yeah. Swastikas. <laughs> it literally is. That's all I got to say. Swastika. I pulled, I pulled that up. The runways are literally a swastika. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And what was their uh, excuse for doing that? I don't I even remember. I couldn't really find one, to be honest. They have a German area code. I'm not <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> 491. Uh, yeah, four nine one. That's where my mind goes. We just did that before the the show went. You know, yeah, you either the boys from Brazil, Brazil, you know, Hitler and the gang either went to Brazil or they went to uh, Denver, or Colorado. Well, the, the thing too about all of you know the paintings, the murals we were discussing, the Lucifer, and so much of the other variety of art that they have in this airport, it just seems very Latin American. So when I was watching that show, Conspiracy Theory, where it was, you know, about half the show was dedicated to it, it came out in, I think, 2009, and they were talking about the end of the Mayan calendar, you know? Yes. And I was just like, well, this seems like to be pretty Latin-infused art. It's strange art on top of that. But um, I think a lot of people were disappointed. <laughs> I'd like when to know when, kicked in. when the origin or fell out. Well, so the 90s was was really a, a time uh, when there was so much research going on into the New World Order and conspiracy theory in general and a lot of great scholarship, really. If you look at people like Bill Cooper and uh, Jim Keith, Jim Keith. Well, we talked about that last uh, last episode. So it, I'd like to know when it started, like when people like go, hey, this is kind of weird. I wonder if it started with the revelation that there was so much underground activity going on that this isn't just like air well, the, the conspiracies themselves started popping up when they started going uh way behind schedule and then that budget going uh, way over that's when uh people started uh playing the guessing games and that was even before the murals and everything so i i read this whole thing too i think it was in the book that i read about it a few years ago and it had to do with the uh the, the house of Windsor and the, the, the actual Royals, the ink, the English that the, 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 the Royal family does own property in, uh, in Denver. Yes. That's what I thought. Yep. And it had something to do with the Denver airport and like a, a new command station that they would have in the event. I mean, if you don't think folks, if you don't think that they're building their own, you know, continuity of, of civilization, like a breakaway civilization, the elites are openly doing that right now. Like they're buying bunkers and buying old nuclear silos and refurbishing seed, them. Seed banks. Seed banks. Yeah. They, the, the, the people that have access to Intel and that are running artificial intelligence and think tanks and, and war gaming out the next 10, 20 years. I mean, they're looking at a societal breakdown. I mean, when you have, people like regardless of whether any of this stuff really pans out on the Denver airport, there's a conspiracy running throughout our civilization, throughout our human story right now. And it's actually 
really firing on all cylinders in the West. I mean, yeah. look at the, I mean, I'll just give you an example. I mean, you want to see things burning down and it's not like it's an accident, but you look at like, look at that shop te- teacher with the fake breasts that are giant and over like, <laughs> I, 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 when I, somebody but, but, but you better, I say, thought you were going to say the food, I, the food sources, uh, having planes crash into them. <laughs> you went with the guy with the big man boobs. That's right. <laughs> Right. But I'm looking at all these things and it's like, you know, this, I keep thinking like the center cannot hold. <laughs> like This is a, a William Butler Yates poem. I mean, I, I just, I really, I really am concerned. And I think, you know, trying to find out how did this happen? How did we get here? Where we're watching things collapse, you know, and, and the fall of the Roman empire. What did I say to you the other night, Mr. Anderson? I, I thought I better write that down. I'll forget it. But it was like the Roman empire collapsed into Christianity and Christianity today is collapsing into the Roman Empire. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how did this happen? Like, it's inverse of, of things that we're doing. I don't know. And what gets me about the those big fake boobs or whatever that that shop teacher wears is I guarantee you there was a girl in the high school. And um, some teacher said, your spaghetti strap is too revealing. You need to go home and change. Right. It's not, <laughs> it's like not very modest because against our, our modesty dress code you know and, and then here's this this monstrosity of a caricature of a thing right that's supposed to be better than you i guess because they're they're new and brave and bold whatever they're doing now but it's no accident like it's you're watching well, civilization. I, I remember in high school if you had just any stubble on your face or your neck they'd give you they'd make you dry shave <laughs> and take it off it's just ridiculous I've had I wear a Metallica shirt. I was, you know, looked at like a demon. Oh yeah, guys couldn't wear earrings when I went to high school. They they'd have to put clear spacers in if they had an earring. Interesting. It's like really. We're a long way from that. <laughs> well, I hate. I I always thought it was kind of a, a joke in the beginning, but when uh, our our friend Donald started talking about these type of things and the wokeness and everything. Now it's just in our faces. Like I thought it was kind of like jokes or whatever that, and that he was kind of getting upset over nothing, but there's something to it. It's creepy stuff. Yeah. And to go back to the Denver airport, I don't think that there's nothing here. I mean, I've, I've looked at this and I'm not going to go all in that every single thing that's in here is uh, an Illuminati, you know, revelation of the method. Cause I don't right. go down that path, but I do think there's something here. There's something to it. And continuity uh, of government is what uh, me and Mr. Anderson were talking about. Uh, yeah, it's a cog. Yeah, the, the continuity of government. I've been talking about that for a long time. If you think that's like, you know, that's they don't care how you vote. The, the government's already um, they've already decided what they're, they're going to survive, whatever they have. A, they have other f- officials that are not that have not been voted in. And uh, I, I don't know if I went out during that that whole thing too but on 9-11 uh, rumsfeld uh, greenlit the, the the cog if you will and they did uh, have people that were still to this day unnamed that they were basically putting in underground facilities during the attacks and we don't know who they were i think the only time the only article i remember reading that uh made a big stink about it was that when democratic leaders found out that most of the individuals were uh, Republicans. They were. That's what got them upset. The fact that they didn't have uh, too many Democrats in the uh, unelected officials that were underground. 
Well, you know, Chris, those people that were painting that super thermit on those buildings that powdered iron oxide with aluminum, they were probably the mole people. They just went right back down into the <laughs> into the gutter. Is one of them named Larry, perhaps? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see. agree with you. I think the continuity of government explanation is probably the most reasonable explanation of what's going on there, just due to the proximity to that Cheyenne mountain complex and NORAD and they, they interviewed somebody who was a director at Cheyenne mountain complex and something I was watching and they were like, well, who gets to go here? And they're, if something happened and they go the elite and they go, who are the elite? And it's like, Oh, the politicians and the people who help pay for the complex. <laughs> they actually said elite too. They use that terminology. Yeah. From what I remember. Wow. So they're not even hiding it anymore. Yeah. They don't have to. One of the things that uh, I find positive in alternative media and conspiracy research in general, I believe a, a great deal of it, um, mainly because I'm a Christian and I believe in God. And I think that uh, there is good and evil. I mean, that's kind of the that's where I start from. Right. So I, I realize that everything is a spiritual battle and things won't always be in the third dimension like what you can see. It's not scientific. There's something else. However, I will say this about things like this subject. And what, what we're covering every aspect of it. We're and we're giving out some, I think, plausible explanations of why there might be a bunch of underground activity and why it was built out the way it does. But here's the thing, and I'll this is probably one of my final thoughts of the show. If you study conspiracy and people and you teach others to look at the um, all the history concerning you know uh, symbology and and the elite. And all of that, I mean, the history of that and the manipulation of our reality. Let's say that the Denver airport leads you to question the uh, the sincerity and the humanity of the people that ruled this planet. Good, because even if the Denver airport doesn't quite line up to to be the the, the Rosetta Stone to reveal, you know, the hidden hand, you need to be skeptical of those who have the most power and the most wealth and the most influence because they use it because of human nature, you need to, to understand human nature to people that when people amass wealth and power, they want to keep it yep. and they'll, they'll, they will conspire to keep it. And one of the ways they can keep it. And especially in our modern times is that if they're, if they can control everything and collapse the system around them, then they basically win the game. The, the all-time game, because like, you know, wealth is always amassed and then redistributed throughout history. So one thing I've noticed through my reading of history is that they have the technology now to kind of keep that. They don't have to redistribute what they've, what they've amassed with their generational wealth, and that's they use some of these things. Um, and I think, again, I think me and Mr. Anderson talked many nights about this, about how the, the vampiric side of, of, of evil has, you have to let it in. And that's part of where the revelation of the method comes from. I think a lot of these things are put in plain sight so that you have to accept them. And then once you accept that they're real and they just operate in your system, then then you've basically acquiesced to it in some way. Um, yeah. But I think it's it, it, positive. It, we, we were discussing that because we were talking about coast to coast and some of the crazy stories you might hear on there about the BKs, the black eyed kids. And it's, it's like anytime somebody would have a story about it, they would always ask to be let into the house. It's like, that's what vampires would have to do. Yes. Right? You'd, you'd have to, they'd ask to be invited in. You'd have to invite them in. And there's actually a really fun um, mockumentary called uh, what we do in the shadows. Have either of y'all seen that before? I have. Yeah. 
Yeah, very, about a bunch good. of old vampires who, you know, are living together in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> and they're out to like the nightclub. And the guy's like, yeah, I mean, whatever, go in if you want to go in. He's like, why won't you invite us in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, it's true. I mean, they they hide these things in plain sight. They really do. And I've never understood that. There's also the uh, the aspect that they have to let you know what they're going to do before, right. before in advance before they actually do it, because then a part of it makes you guilty because you, you right. knew about it. I totally believe in that. Yeah, I, I think there's so there's cool. so much evidence to to see predictive programming, and then even if it's after the fact, synchronicities, numerology. I mean, if you look at nine and nine eleven is riddled with that stuff. Oh yeah, I mean it's every the Aleister Crowley stuff, the the eleven and the ninety three. I mean it's just everywhere. The Simpsons, through it. The yeah, Simpsons, I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> What'd you say, Mister Anderson? I said the Simpsons always predict it, don't they? Yeah, they do everything. Even Trump coming down the escalator. <laughs> I'd like no, to I'm not kidding. That's that. what that was on there too. Yeah, I'd like to confirm that. I've always th thought that they did predict Trump as president, but and he ruins the economy. It's kind of funny. Uh, and Lisa goes to meet him in the Oval Office. But I saw that episode. But I think the one where Homer's on the escalator. To be fair, to my audience, I think that was made after he actually did that. Well, Rage with the Machine. They predicted it in one of their music videos in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I think Crazy it was like, machine, the yeah. fire or something like that. Uh, really? And yeah, these people were holding a bunch of picket signs that were like Trump for president. Yeah. And this was, when was it? Early 2000s, late 90s? It might even, like, yeah, it, it was around there. And I, it might may have even been directed by, uh, of all people, Michael Moore. Because I know he directed a bunch of their videos in the early 90s. I mean, the early 2000s. Yep. Well, Trump was, uh, he... He sabotaged uh, Pat Buchanan's reform party, third party run in 2000 and him and he, he kept uh, Buchanan from getting the amount of uh, support that he needed in order to, to rally the party and get 15. Cause the Pat Buchanan's goal was in 2000 was just get enough percentage to get in the debates. Yeah. And that way he could wreck the two major parties and, and make them look like a fool. And, um, Hey, it's, that was his goal, but Trump ruined it. <laughs> so, well, they also there's there's footage too. Uh, I don't know if they scrubbed it or not, but there's a whole press conference because Trump flew up to uh, Minnesota and had a, a press conference with uh, Governor Jesse Ventura, and the whole time the press was asking if uh, if Jesse was going to uh, run or not, and the whole running joke during everything was. Uh, was he going to ask Donald to be his vice vice president <laughs> in the whole thing? And they went back and forth with it. And where Trump was like, no, nah, I think Jesse would be a better uh, a VP and all, you know, back and forth. Yeah. I said that that was not a serious thing by Trump. He was dipping his toe in the water. And, and I think, uh, and that's really, you know, that, that we should cover the, the 2000 election sometime. That's a weird, that's a weird rabbit hole to go down as well. A lot of strange, high strangeness, and especially the Supreme Court ruling. But um, it split it into two. In two thousand four. A lot of people forgot uh, with the whole Kerry thing uh, just being uh, a stooge, just that for uh, W to play off of, and all the footage I remember seeing of all the earpieces in uh, W's ear during the debates. Yeah, and that big, that big pack or whatever that was on his back. On his yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then he also wrote a note to Condoleezza Rice. Can I go to the bathroom? 
It was like a famous thing for a little while. <laughs> Not kidding. Yep. Uh, well, and, and I was wrong, guys. I think it's sleep now in the fire. I just don't want people to get mad at me for all the rage against the machine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually liked Tom Morello back in the day and everything, but man. Yeah, it seems right. like they're raging with the machine. Rage on point. behalf of the machine. Yeah, I'm. I love the vaccines. <laughs> there was a meme the other day right. from that kid from The Simpsons, and he's like, uh, he's got his mask on. He's got got needles sticking all out of him everywhere. He's wearing oh, a Ukrainian yeah. flag shirt. He's like, I'm a resistance. <laughs> oh, is that Ralph? Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a um, like burning. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> well, uh, let's go. Mr. Anderson, final thoughts on the Denver airport. Anything that we left out or that you wanted to discuss? And then I'll throw it to Chris. No, I think we hit all the high points. I mean, I think we're all kind of in agreement here. It makes a lot of sense that there's a large structure that was built underneath it. And it made sense to build something underneath while you're doing construction above. And so, you know, continuity of government makes the most sense just due to the proximity to you know, that Cheyenne Mountain complex we discussed and then also NORAD. So I think that's probably what's going on. And I, I think it's kind of silly, too. I mean, they're profiting off this. I mean, they had all of these things that are just glaring at people saying, OK, this is weird. This is evil. This does not belong in an airport. Children don't need to see this. And <laughs> they're making money off of it now, making fun of the conspiracy theorists for saying it's weird. You don't agree it's weird. But I don't know. I've only been there one time. And it was years ago, and I wish I had known a little bit more about it at the time. I would have gone to, you know, see all the different pieces of art and everything. But Yeah, I, I think I will next time I go through. It's been a long time. I didn't know about it when, when I flew through last time. Uh, Chris, what, what, what are your thoughts, my friend? Well, like Mr. Anderson, I've only been there once, too, in 2007. And I stood in front of that that mural with the uh, jackbooted thug with the holding the sword and he had like uh, some kind of machine gun or something stepping on some poor kid's neck or something. I don't know. And then, uh, you know, I had a good feeling about it, you know? No, um, I, I think the continuity of government is the most plausible um, idea or uh, some kind of a, a fallout shelter or something. Some people speculate that it's like a whole underground city with, uh, people already living there and that it actually connects with all the other tunnels and everything that across the whole United States that supposedly exists too. You know, it's funny that we can't get a bullet train that goes from LA to New York, but uh, there's been evidence over the years that they definitely have, uh, you know, passageways underneath the earth that connect all these underground bunkers and everything. But the one last thing I'll say is if it's not a continuity of government or even a breakaway society type situation, I would, it's going to go real dark, but there's been a lot of evidence that, you know, it plays a part in the child sex trafficking industry too. Uh, Dave McGowan brought that up a couple of times, so... Yeah, definitely a place that, you know, I don't need to ever visit ever again. You know, I can look at the pictures online and everything. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I think it's definitely a strange place and uh, it has a, it has a, a lore about it and there, there's symbology in it. There's all sorts of things. Um, I happen to agree with but most of this is, I think, uh, the elite and the continuity of government and uh, backdrops. Uh, they're planning for the future. One of the things that 
Uh, Catherine Austin Fitz, I believe, talked about um, in her time in the Bush 41. She was in the uh, accounting. Uh, what was it? What was she part of? Uh, was it was it uh, in the interior? She did something with the accounting offices. Uh, Chris, you would know better than me, but yeah, really, I think I believe so. Yeah. yeah, she talked about the the missing funds and the the trillions that were spent and and uh, the underground military bases as well, the dumbs. And you've gone over this, and I think, uh, well, you you're right. I mean, underneath the United States, there's a a lot of things we have no idea what's underneath yep. the surface, and that's um, the military industrial complex and the ruling class. And this may tie into that in some way. It may be if you know they're planning for future infrastructure and using things like airports like just in plain sight but maybe they can't help themselves like we have to tell them through symbology what it is like so those uh those who know have wisdom can can understand but um yeah, yeah. Th they're in the ocean too by the way go ahead mr anderson yeah i'm sorry to cut you off i was just gonna add that's the thing right if you're going to have something related to cog and some tunnels that connected a lot of these large facilities, why would you bring attention to it with just all the strangeness in the artwork? That That's the part that I can't really wrap my head around. They always leave their calling card. I think, again, I think it goes back to this game, whatever it is, the, uh, the battle that we're in between light and dark is that, the, the darkness has to leave its calling card. It has to let you know, like it's like the, the rules or whatever, the, if there is such a thing. That's my thought. They got to let you know too. And maybe something, maybe there's something to the whole thing in the murals too, that it, that, you know, something that hasn't occurred yet that is in the planning, you know, kind of like the always, guide zones. You all, exactly. You always keep looking, you keep asking questions. Now, questions are the answers, ladies and gentlemen. We have more and more questions. We'll have more and more paratruthers. I want to thank my magnificent guests for coming on and just uh, having a conversation for a little over an hour. Chris, thank you so much, and I know that you'll be back on soon. You got a you got your own podcast going on. You got uh, something on the Ocelli Network. You want to plug that? Yeah, it's uh, it's Get Mad with Chris Graves. It's on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I just interviewed uh, last night. Uh, yeah, well, no, the on Sunday, I just interviewed a uh, an old school conspiracy guy, Robert Sterling of the webs, one of the original conspiracy theory websites, theconformist.com. And cool. he had a lot of tales about uh, his run-ins with Alex Jones, Bill Cooper, Dave McGowan, Jim Keith. We went down the whole list. He had uh, relationships with a lot of these people. And uh, it was uh, pretty interesting if you're into the conspiracy research, you know. Well, absolutely. I will have to check that out. I, I highly recommend Chris's show, folks. And uh, Mr. Anderson, you don't want to be found, so we're going to leave you alone. I know there's no... Uh, <laughs> There's no place for people to find you. He does not want to be found, but he wants to be on I'm, here when I'm, possible. I'm like Buster on Arrested Development. I shall neither be seen nor heard. <laughs> but I guess I'm heard a little bit. <laughs> and I'm a never nude, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> for everyone's safety, including my own. <laughs> yeah, Tobias was you, then Mauripist. Yeah, never nude. He has <laughs> jeans in the shower, <laughs> cut off jeans. 
And you guys are great. I, I, another great episode, folks. We'll be back. I'm, I'm going to have a conversation with my good friend Kenrick Ward tomorrow. We're going to talk immigration, Western civilization, the death of the West. Uh, it's going to be a lot of an, an older paleocon, brilliant friend of mine that uh, we always have a good talk, good correspondence. So that'll be on Paratruther uh, coming up soon. And we appreciate all of you who download the show and share the content. It means a lot. This is a labor of love. We'll have more uh, subject matter and we're, you can't run out of conspiracy folks. I'm not going to run out of that anytime soon, but you know, be sure and tune into the art of burn radio transmission. We've got uh, episodes at least once a week on Fridays. You can find us live on rockfin.com on the America unplugged channel. Uh, we've also got freeworld.fm coming up. I know Mr. Graves is going to be a part of that as well. Freeworld.fm is going to go live. Uh, very soon, starting the morning off with the David Knight Show, and uh, yours truly will be on Free World, uh, along with Billy Ray Valentine, Don Jeffries, uh, Gard Goldsmith, Charlie Robinson. We got it. We have a a murderer's row, as Billy Ray Valentine would say, of uh, of content creators coming to Free World. So we look forward to that. Uh, and uh, of course, I will be back uh, soon. Sponsored by WiseWolfGoldAndSilver.com, and uh, we now have Wolfpack. So uh, check out Wolfpack as well. Uh, that's one of our new projects helps fund the show, but, uh, this has been great. I had a fun time. Uh, always, always fun to just have a, a paratruther conversation and, uh, folks remember in the information war, be a paratruther. See you next time.